Hello everyone and welcome to Do The Franchise with me, Jake. And me, James. And we are not doing a franchise. <laughs> no. <laughs> no our, our franchises are, are socially isolating from us to, this week. Yeah, yeah we're, we're socially isolating different. our franchises for today. And we are literally going to do a isolation, lockdown, um, stay indoors, whatever you want to call it, special. Um, this is just to... I guess trying to kind of connect to people a bit, James, maybe connect to the listeners in a more sincere and um, not like we're dictating to them, even though we are in a few minutes going to dictate what they need to watch. (laughs) Absolutely. I I think in some ways it felt a little odd just to plough on with franchises when everything that's happening in the world is happening and we weren't really acknowledging that. So this feels like more of an acknowledgement that, yeah, things are are different. They're not as they were, but... There's still lots of fun things to watch. Exactly. And I think it's one of those where it's it's interesting to how to see how different people have made light of a bad situation. I think a lot of people have taken to social media, they've started doing online challenges. There's that guy that's doing squats on like YouTube and all the kids are tuning into him. I can't remember his name, I'm sure it's not important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, well <laughs> He's probably gonna get a knighthood by the time this is done. Yeah. Yeah, I think he you know <laughs> potentially doing more good than us reviewing Superman I, I, I want a knighthood James <laughs> what do I have to do other than provide quality entertainment on a podcast <laughs> so you want a knighthood for the bare minimum of effort I mean I don't want a podcast having to get out of my chair <laughs> seems, seems fair <laughs> it's been interesting though I mean I, in a serious note it, it's what's happening in the, in the world is is unbelievable like I think from when we first started talking about this COVID-19 crisis uh, in earlier episodes and a few weeks ago, and obviously if you're listening to these in succession, you'll see our, what I like to call our blasé approach to it, which might have been four episodes ago, um, to where yeah. we are now, sort of four weeks after it, is, it sort of arrived in England and in Britain, and this is kind of where we are. It's it's a very different world out there now, isn't it? M- massively so. Yeah, it, I... I think we were potentially uh, at risk of being a bit flippant about it previously, and yeah, definitely not what I want to portray to people. <laughs> it's definitely nothing uh, to be flippant about. No, and I think the whole world's a little bit guilty of that, especially in the Western world. I don't think any of us really expected yeah. it was going to reach this kind of level, and I think every day when you look at the news and see what's happening out there, it kind of makes you feel, like for me, it, it generally, I feel very lucky that I have... Um, a nice house, job stability, friends and family that I can talk to. And I, I do, you know, being in the house on lockdown, inconvenient as it may be, uh, for me personally, isn't isn't the end of the world. It's fine. And, and I, you know, dedicating, it's helping other people and watching how people are reacting and, and going out and helping people in the crisis is, uh, I think it's been really nice to see that level of community spirit. What about you? Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I think... Um, th- I was watching the news and there was one story that went on the lines of, you know, society's kind of discovering itself again. Whereas, you know, we were closing all the pubs, we were closing the post office, no one was talking to one another. Yeah. And now it's kind of seeing the uh, convenience factors of of having a local shop. Yeah. And how important that is over and above going to the supermarket and, and, you know, th- things on a on a silly personal level. Like, um, I I would often order things on Amazon because it's convenient. Yeah. Uh, and now it's not convenient uh, because they, you know, their their one day shipping, for example, doesn't exist. So yeah, they're on gone, a level yeah. 
they're on a level playing field with pretty much everybody else. And I've been shopping in other places online because they actually have better service. But you know, there's all kinds of reasons to look elsewhere now. And I, I think it's. I hope we when we get over this people remember that the local shops there people remember that you know these groups that came up and helped their friends and family it, it hopefully it will be a better society afterwards yeah i think that's the best way to look at it as well um i just don't think we can um praise the brave people in the nhs enough um yeah. so i will say that on this podcast and i do want you all to know that if you're listening and you work for the nhs uh thank you and uh it's been yeah it's, it really is i don't want to um yeah, I don't want to make this sound uh, <laughs> as guilty as I am of trying to be sincere and make it sound like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm not. Um, but what we're, me and James are going to try and do is do our bit by trying to bring a little bit of entertainment uh, to your evening, wherever you might be in the world. Um, yeah. So, James, on that note, what have you been watching? Yeah, that's that. That's the thing for our, uh, our our conversations on this podcast. It's all about you know what people should watch, what we are watching, and maybe what you shouldn't watch as well. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. depending on on, your, yeah. on our choices. Usually, my choices actually it tends to be <laughs> I pick all the terrible ones. And um, we thought we'd look at the streaming services. Mm-hmm. numerous as they are at the moment um, they really are you know I've looked direct debit wise if you have all the streaming services I think it clocks up at about £110 a month <laughs> God. it's ridiculous so you have to be selective and I, yeah. I think it's it's telling that obviously you have some that I don't I have some that you don't mm-hmm. so we, we totally understand that not everyone's going to have access to all of these things some of these things that we recommend may be available multiple places uh some of them disney plus <coughs> are quite restricting <laughs> on what they let other services have um but for the most part i think you'll be able to find a good film from one of our suggestions to watch while you're in lockdown and uh, can't get out yeah definitely um disney plus as well uh, launched pretty much the moment covid19 hit in the uk so in terms of a marketing strategy which i hope it wasn't um, it's absolutely bizarre. They must have they must have had so many subscriptions um, because everybody I know, obviously, and everyone you know, we're all in lockdown, and yeah. a lot of those people are thinking, well, I've, I, I might have seen everything on Netflix, or I'm not interested in buying Amazon. So a lot of people are just going to Disney Plus and then streaming all the Star Wars films. They're watching the Marvel films. Um, so I've got a few things to talk about with that, but it's absolutely bonkers um, that that that's happened. Don't you think? Absolutely. Well, I feel like say, not suggesting in any way that the two are connected because no, there's I don't a think so. mentalists that are a step down, I think, from flat earthers who are going around attacking 5G towers because they think they the 5G towers caused COVID. Oh no, they're not. Yeah, absolute idiots. The lot of them. I just that there's a certain place in society yeah that if no, you yeah. venture onto the internet and you enter yeah. their little communities you find the strangest ideas but yeah so it's not a marketing strategy it's just happened to be that it's benefited them in a way that all the people that found other ways to watch the mandalorian in the uk before it was released now have a reason to subscribe to disney plus again <laughs> yeah. um, i don't so... know what you're talking about james <laughs> who who's seen all the mandalorian i don't think anyone in the world had seen all the mandalorian Obviously, apart from the people that live in America. <laughs> yeah, that were able to legally watch it and, you know, pay a subscription 
service to uh, they're the probably going to have to cut. They're probably going to have to cut this bit out for legal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I'm not advocating it. No, that's fine. I, I, oh, I, yeah, I've heard about the Mandalorian. Now we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. So do you want to start? What I would like to talk about, I think, uh, going from the beginning, um, which I wondered if you'd if you'd seen any of this. So Sky Movies, um, which is also now uh, now TV. So if you've got now TV or Sky, you get access yeah. to all the Sky Premier movies, or they used to be called Sky Premier or Sky Movies, whatever they were called. Um, and these are all your <laughs> new that movies. Big list of films. Yeah, uh, I actually did go on there um, three, four nights ago and I watched Rocket Man with Taron Egerton for the first time. Uh, Rocket oh, Man is I've not seen it. really good. <laughs> it's a bit strange. It's a bit Because he starts out um, as a bit... I, I thought it was going to be a musical because kind of, it starts out as a, it's a biopic but then there's a bit where they start singing and I'm like, oh no. Because anyone that knows me knows that I just don't do musicals. I'm not that interested in musicals. I can do yeah. stage musicals. I don't mind watching them on stage, but film musicals, I just can't abide them at all. <laughs> They're so weird, James. What's the difference? <laughs> I think because I think because on the stage they're not trying to make it real life. They're trying to entertain a crowd of people who are in front of them. Whereas in movies, and obviously all movies are like this, so I know the difference between a play and a film, but in in, in generally in film and especially musical films, they are looking at the camera and they're not looking at anybody. I know they're supposed to be looking at us, but I just find the walls strange. It just doesn't work. I just don't think it works. So it's not the lack of intermission ice cream that bothers you. It's the, that would be the good. breaking the fourth wall. It would yeah. If a DVD came with intermission ice cream or yeah. stream, DVDs are old. I just revealed how old I am. <laughs> VHS tapes were great, weren't they? We're going to talk about that in a bit. Um, yeah, but no, I, I just I saw I saw Rocket Man by Elton John. Uh, really good. I really enjoyed that. It was actually not as heavy as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a bit of a heavy, self indulgent kind of film, just because yeah. of a what we know about the, the pop star, and, and b um, it's obviously going to deal with a lot of the alcohol and drugs um, of the seventies, and you know what he, he was guilty of uh, partaking in before he, before he got himself sorted out. So I was I went into the film knowing that but was pleasantly surprised by actually how good, how entertaining it actually was. And I'm sure a lot of people who have seen it would probably agree. Um, So that's definitely worth a watch. I did have a look on um, the, what is trending. So this is the currently trending films of, um, of now TV's top movies. Do you want to know these James? Yeah, let's hear these. Uh, I want to know what you got because I I got some. These are, these are unbelievable. So these are trending right at this moment that I'm recording the podcast. This is the end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Zero Dark Thirty, which is a, which I don't understand where they're getting that from because that's an older film now. Like it's about five years old, isn't it? Six years old. Um, yeah, maybe people are just going back to the films that they remember. Mm. I am Legend. Oh, oh, so yeah, very end of the worldy. Yeah, cool. Shaun of the Dead, Ace. That yeah. that's a good one. I mean, I'm having Sean that anyway because it's a brilliant film. I'm not yeah. taking you know COVID nineteen crisis or no COVID nineteen crisis. Sean the Dead is an amazing, funny film to watch any time of the day. It's it's fine, definitely. Um, and one of the other ones underneath Sean the Dead, James, the Meg, <laughs> <laughs> Jason oh, Statham, no. and a massive fucking shark. 
Oh dear. Well, do I, I guess if you if you want to punish yourself, yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, why the Meg though? Why why not know. Jaws? Why why not know. watch a good shark film? <laughs> That's it, isn't it? It's like Sharknado, the Meg, Deep Blue Sea. There aren't really any good uh, whoa, shark whoa, whoa, films. Whoa, whoa. Take Deep Blue Sea back. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> it's a, a great cast, terrible film. Oh, that, that scene, though. That one scene with Samuel Jackson. Wait, it is worth it for that scene. <laughs> that scene is basically where the film kind of ends. Because then it just gets more ridiculous after that. Um, if anyone hasn't seen Deep Blue Sea, Deep Blue Sea's premise is that sharks are, in, are they injected with some sort of growth hormone that makes them more intelligent. Yeah, there's uh, there's something about sharks being a good cure for cancer, but they have to be big sharks because they need big brains. Right. Um, so they make big sharks with big brains, um, and it turns out big brains make big sharks quite smart. So these sharks <laughs> just thought that sink this sort of science fictiony place in in the sea and attack people. Um, yeah. It, it's it's not a great film. It probably Don't is worth a watch, watch though if you've got plenty of time on your hands to watch it. Go and watch Deep Blue Sea. It's certainly better than The Meg, and I have seen both films. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely better than The Meg. I uh, yeah. Have watch you seen The Deep Meg? Deep Blue Sea. Um, I, I've seen all of the trailers that make me <laughs> not want to see The Meg. If you've seen the trailers, you've seen yeah. The Meg. <laughs> <laughs> I figured as much. Yeah. Yeah, totally. What have you got, James, on your side? Have you have you got films? Or are you talking about Amazon? Because uh, you know you're on about Amazon Prime. Yeah, so I I was looking at Amazon Prime because it's it's the one service you don't seem to have. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, as I mentioned before, usually order stuff off Amazon anyway, and Prime's kind of like a a bonus feature. Yeah. So I don't normally go on Prime to watch films, and I looked at Prime's uh, sort of popular movies at the moment. And I can see why I don't normally go into Prime to watch films. <laughs> they don't have the best taste. Um, so, at the moment, the the, the top three um, are Hustlers, okay, Angel Has Fallen, and Trance. <laughs> now, I I looked I looked through these films and. and <laughs> <laughs> Hustlers is made up of a cast of people apart from Jennifer Lopez who I've not really heard of um, and it seems to be based on um, Ladies of the Night in New York exposing people in Wall Street Yes, I have heard actually quite good things about this film Apparently, It's, it's quite supposed to be very good so yeah. I'm, I'm going to reserve judgement um, but it's supposed to be very good it's just not a film I would probably watch um, if it wasn't locked down um, then we have Angel Has Fallen. Mm-hmm. Now, have have you have you seen Olympus Has Fallen? It's the one with Gerard Butler, isn't it? It is. Um, I think I saw the first one. That that's Olympus Has Fallen. I haven't seen the other yeah. one. So Olympus Has Fallen is the one that happens at the White House. Uh, that was released the yes. same year as White House Down. Yes, so, it's the same uh, film, isn't it? <laughs> it's the same film. And guess what? Angel Has Fallen is basically the same film over again. Um, oh, uh, and it's God. the third one they've made, because they made London Has Fallen in between these. Oh, wow, so this is, that was just three of them. I thought that was the sequel. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, there, right. there, are, there are three films, Jake, and they're all <laughs> equally not worth watching. Um, <laughs> We're supposed to be telling the viewers, what to, the listeners, what to watch, and you're telling them what not to watch. <laughs> 
I'll get I'll get I'll get to the ones that I mm. so this was the, these were the top three. Trance is about a, um about someone who becomes one of these television preacher type people and he is really successful. Uh so trance is, is it oh. sounds interesting. Is that not um, trance with um James McAvoy then? That's not it's a different no. trance. Oh, oh, it's a different trance, Jake. Oh, <laughs> I know the James McAvoy one was directed by Danny Boyle. I quite like that film. I thought it was yeah, quite, yeah, that quite one, interesting. Really, really good. I've not seen this one, but it, it looks it looks interesting. Um yeah. so those were the top three that I could see. Right. Now I scrolled down a bit because I wasn't that interested. <laughs> so I scrolled down a bit and I found uh, a few films that I one I one I haven't seen but really want to. Right. And that's the nice thing about having time. Yep. So I'm going to be watching this. So I'm recommending it based on the fact that I really want to watch it. And if other people watch it and enjoy it, you're welcome. Yeah, um, what is it? It's Blinded by the Light. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Now, uh, it's about um, a journalist. It's, a, it's based on a true story. And mm-hmm. it's his early life uh, as a kid growing up in the 80s, uh, being a, a, a Muslim kid who discovers Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard about this. Really loves his music and and shares that love of that music with a few people at school. But it's the eighties, and Bruce at that point wasn't that popular, and certainly not amongst the Muslim community that this guy grew up in. He, he yeah. didn't have uh, anyone to share it with other than people at school. I'm guessing. So that sounds really cool because I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan. Yeah, I like same. his music. Works for me. Um, so that that was cool. Um, I then scrolled down a little bit further. And I found a, a few films that I have seen that I would really recommend. Um, so the first one is Fracture, and it's oh, Anthony, with Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. I have seen. Oh, Natalie loves this film. I think it was one of the first it's, films we ever watched together. It's such such a good film. Um, so yeah, Anthony Hopkins is a a, a genius in, mm, in the film. A millionaire. Is he and, a millionaire in it? I think. Yeah, he's a millionaire, and he basically uh, he kills his wife and pretty much admits to it yeah. but there's no evidence because he's hidden all the evidence so they can't prosecute him in any way and there's a police officer who's wanting to move on from his job and yeah it's it's a really cool film um, I definitely recommend that if you're after sort of a, a, a puzzle that needs yeah. putting together that's good uh, the next one was The Imitation Game oh, such a good film it's it's a great great film ben, Benedict Cum- Cumberbatch I always get that name wrong, but yeah, Benedict is ace. Uh, I'll go back to Anthony Hopkins for the next one as well. Go on. The world, the world's fastest Indian. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> right, he plays. I think he's um, somewhat someone in the UK who wants to go to the salt flats in America and drive a bike really fast. Right. And the film's all about the people who help him get there. And he, okay. he's obviously an elderly guy. It's it's been a uh, it's on his bucket list. It's a lifelong dream. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where you're traveling with somebody, and it's kind of a feel. Good. A lot of these things are feel good films. Um, they seem seems like the Blinded by the Light is quite feel good. This is feel good. Yeah. And my final suggestion from Amazon is also a feel good film. Uh, the Soloist. Oh, uh, with Robert Downey and um, James Caan. Is that no? It's not James Caan. Uh, it's, um, uh, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. I'm thinking of the legal drama he did. Uh, no, yeah, Jamie Foxx. I have seen this actually. I saw this when it came out. It's it's great. Yeah. It, it's 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 a little story that happens, and that there's some <clears throat> twists in the middle, and then the ending's really really cool. It's got a really good message. So yeah, yeah. the soloist is is fantastic. Nice. I like that list. 
Yeah, I thought that was a, a good a good little list that covers most bases. You've got some drama, intrigue. You've got a bit of historical mm-hmm. uh, thing in the imitation game. And then just some feel-good things. I think yeah. we've all been watching the news a lot because yeah. obviously we want to find out what's happening. But it can be really depressing. I and I wanted to try and pick out some films that maybe distract you a little bit. So that's what these are. They're little films that will distract you. They're not the big blockbusters. They're not films that have massive special effects budgets. Um, They're just really cool little stories. Yeah, I love that. That's a great list. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about what Netflix has to offer. Oh, good. Um, I hope it's better than Amazon Prime. (laughs) (laughs) We're definitely not getting endorsed by Amazon Prime after today, are we? Oh. Oh, I don't know. We, we, we've not we've not insulted Audible. Audible, if you're listening, that uh, you're really good. Yeah, yeah, Audible. If you want to uh, give us a free uh, audiobook pass for life, that'd be great. Um, so <laughs> Netflix, the big boy, the big honcho of the uh, streaming world, as it were. Um, yeah. I looked at some of the top trending, um, but I kind of felt like I'd be doing them a disservice if I hadn't seen them. So uh, there's things like uh, Ozark with. Um, um, Jason Bateman, which is apparently really good, that's trending up there. Uh, Better Call Saul has got a new series out, so that's up at the top at Netflix at the moment. So if you're a big fan of Breaking Bad, uh, apparently Ozark and um, Better Call Saul are very much within your wheelhouse if you're a Breaking Ooh. Bad fan. Um, but then I wanted to go to a couple that I liked and that I have watched. Um, the number one, which I will tell you straight off this is the number one rated show on netflix at the moment and a lot of people are talking about this show james you have any idea what i'm gonna say i i I don't it's the show the documentary series called the tiger king oh i keep seeing like memes about this and not understanding what it is right i should probably watch this show right this is the most memeable show that's ever been made (laughs) 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 and i mean that in every sense of the word um, so the Tiger King. Oh. Um, did you ever see the Louis Theroux documentary about the um, where Louis Theroux's like? You know, his his weird weekends on uh, yes. BBC, and yes. one of these weird weekends, he goes to stay with a exotic animal owners in the US, and he meets right. loads of different ones. It means like a woman that has like chimpanzees in her house. He meets a guy that's got like loads of exotic um, snakes, and one that's got like loads of exotic tigers. And the tiger guy is the guy yeah. from this documentary. Um, he's oh, called okay. He's called Joe Exotic, and he lives... <laughs> of course he is. Why wouldn't he be called Joe Exotic? <laughs> I can't remember what his real name is. Um, but his, his, uh, he's called Joe Exotic. Are you questioning that Joe Exotic is not his real name? No, I know it's not his real name, because <laughs> he says in the TV show. Um, but he... So Joe Exotic... Um, and this isn't really a spoiler as such, because I think it starts in the documentary. Joe Exotic is currently serving prison time right now. Yeah. Um... And this is all over uh, attempted murder or suspicion to uh, elicit uh, and hire someone to participate in a murder. So it's a really dark, weird story that centers around a guy who owns his own private zoo. That's it. It's bizarre. That Um, that actually sounds good, though. (laughs) I probably will watch that now. (laughs) Honestly, you need to watch it. It's it's up there. My wife wasn't interested at all. She thinks it's just cruelty to animals, and it is. And it is. There is some distressing scenes in it where 
it's just you can tell that these people don't have any respect for the animals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know that these people are just trying to exploit these animals in order to make money. And they do a really beautiful thing in the documentary of showing Joe Exotic what he was like when he first started out in Oklahoma with these like few tigers and this small enclosure, and trying to get it going, and then to what he became in the sort of the late two thousands and now where he's at. So it's yeah, it's a really dark and strange story, but. Bizarre, James. Just bizarre. He is a yeah. He is a egotistical, mullet-wearing, redneck, gay man who's obsessed with firearms and owns two hundred and thirty (laughs) tigers. Imagine that CV. (laughs) That yeah, like two hundred and thirty tigers. Something like that. It might even be more. I can't remember the exact figure. That's the one I had on my notes. That's that's a lot. I mean, even if it's a, a less than that... Let's have a look. Do you know what? While we're on the podcast, I'm just going to put it out there. Um... <laughs> I, d- I didn't think I'd be in some sort of lockdown researching how many tigers some guy in America has, but... <laughs> um, yeah, so it's... I can't find the answer. No, never mind. Um, oh, no, 176 tigers in a zoo. That's, that's what it's I mean, saying. That's, that's still a lot. I mean, they yeah. move about as well. Like you yeah, could easily yeah. miscount that for two hundred and thirty. It's they, crazy, James. Honestly, and it's starting. Basically, the whole thing is about a vendetta that this man Joe has with a woman called Carol Baskin, uh, who is another zoo owner who lives on another side of the uh, country in Florida, I think. Um, and he has a ongoing feud with Carol Baskin, uh, and that is basically the premise of this series: his feud with her and how it escalates into hatred and attempted murder. It's bonkers. Uh, this sounds like a live-action but dark version of Pokemon where these two people are collecting yeah. tigers and <laughs> battling with them. Is that what happens? Because that, I'm, I'm, in, I'm down for that. It, it, looking at them, they would not be entirely out of place in a Japanese anime <laughs> program. <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah. So so strange. But that that is an excellent recommend. I, yeah. um, I'm going to watch that tomorrow. And I think it is the number one rated show still on Netflix. I think it has been for the last two weeks. Um, a lot of people who I've talked to that have seen it, family and friends included, have said that they will remember... You know they'll remember about the um, about the shutdown, the lockdown in the UK. Uh, they'll remember the supermarkets. They'll remember the uh, how how nice the weather was, and they'll remember Carol Baskin and the Tiger King. The Tiger King. <laughs> wow. Um, another one that I wanted to put out there, and again, uh, this is another series that's on Netflix, which has been out a little while. I think maybe a year or two now on Netflix. Um, if you haven't watched it, please, please go and watch it. Uh, it's called The Dark Crystal. Oh yes, and yes. you've seen the original, right, James? Yes, uh, one of my big favorites, Dark Crystal Labyrinth. That yeah. whole era of Jim Henson was amazing. Yeah, it's so good. So this was a this is a prequel TV series to the original film, The Dark Crystal, um, and it's got all the same, basically the same puppeteers and same artists behind you know Jim Henson Workshop working with this production company and this huge production. Of this, I think it's ten episodes, maybe twelve episodes, um, but it's just immersive, James. It's it's beautiful to look at. It's really fun. It's good for all the family, so the whole family can sit and watch this together. Um, yeah. And I was I was I was absolutely dazzled by it. I really was. Honestly, it's like it takes you about five to ten minutes, maybe ten fifteen minutes, to get past the fact that they're puppets. Once you get past the puppet thing, it's a really good show. Like really yeah. good. 
Can you imagine being a kid of the 80s? You've yeah. grown up with, you know, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, yeah. you know, all these things. And then suddenly you find yourself working at Netflix with all the money. And yeah. you just get to make a really cool prequel TV series about the about the thing that you loved as a kid. I, this I, is, yeah. I just... It's like it's like playing with the your favorite toys, but they're actually real and they they cost billions of dollars to yeah. make. I, it's 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 incredible. It is, and it's it, really another cool. another thing about that as well is that if you watch the show, I think um, as a precursor or add additional footage to that show uh, when you're on Netflix, they have the making of documentary of it as well, which oh, is just brilliant. as good as the series because it breaks down why they wanted to do it how they got people behind it and how big a following it actually had since the 80s. Um, and a lot of the people that are working on it are people whose parents worked on the original, which is just amazing. Oh, that's so good. So, so yeah, cool. I'm a big nerd, as everyone knows, uh, and I love Jim Henson, I love The Muppets, I love Dark Crystal and uh, Labyrinth. So yeah, if you haven't already and you've got the time now to do it, please go and watch The Dark Crystal and tell us what you think, because I just think it's such a good um, such a good show. And it's got an all-star cast as well. Um in terms of voice actors, I'm just going to find out yeah. again. Poor prepping on my side. Hey, um, no, there's no poor prepping. It's absolutely fine. I'm just going to fill the audience in while you do that. I'm actually uh, the proud owner of a uh, reprint of a film poster for Labyrinth. It's on my desk. Yeah. So it's, it's the it's the, it's the the film sort of memorabilia I have on my uh, on my desk. So yeah, that's amazing. I, I just like I love it. It's uh, and. It sort of links in a lot of the franchises that we've been looking at. We've got <laughs> Jim Henson uh, at the top. The tagline says, Jim Henson, George Lucas and David Bowie take you into a dazzling world of fantasy and adventure. And that could be true of <laughs> Dark Crystal, really, in, in a way, except for, yeah. you know, no Absolutely. David Bowie. But yeah, it's that that time period of making fantasy films with yeah. the visual effects they had available. Incredible. So I'll just read you a few people that are in this um, from the list I've got. Uh, so Taron Egerton again, I'm a big fan of him apparently this week. Um, yeah. He plays Rian, the main character. Uh, Natalie Emmanuel, who was from uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who's a big actress, been in a lot of things, including um, Peaky Blinders and uh, Split. Uh, oh, Jason, yeah. Jason Isaacs. Um, we've got uh, Mark Hamill, plays one of the characters in it. Oh, um, oh god who else is there Lena Headey from um, Game of Thrones Toby Jones Mark Strong Bill Hader uh, it just goes on and on there's yeah. just so many people in this series that voice different Sigourney Weaver's in it uh, Alicia Vikander um, I'm trying to find out oh Eddie Izzard Eddie Izzard as well so many Brilliant. people Helena Bonham Carter it just goes on and on yeah and they all had like oh. a little a little voice cameo in it it's just such a good series Honestly, yeah. watch it. Um, where else have we got? Anyway, let's have a look on here. So in my list, I've got um, things that I've been watching and I really like on Netflix. So again, if you want to get into something funny, and I think keeping it light for the sake of what's going on in the news is probably the best. For me personally, I like to watch all sorts of things, but um, for the for the purposes of this podcast, uh, I chose BoJack, BoJack Horseman. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's a good shout. Really good show. Uh, Netflix yeah. animated comedy. Um, 
just superbly funny and quite poignant. It does have some some sad moments, um, so don't expect it to be all stupidity because uh, it isn't. It does yeah. have a serious side as well. But BoJack Horseman, I think it's on its final series as well on Netflix, so you can literally watch all of them now. So good. That's cool. And uh, film-wise, I chose The Irishman uh, again. Oh yeah, Martin Scorsese's three-hour gangster epic, which is on. Uh, Netflix and it was originally you know, first started on Netflix and was made for Netflix. Uh, I think they did do a theatrical uh, theatrical release afterwards, but yeah, so you can mm. watch that and it's like three hours long, so you've got plenty of time to get your teeth sank into the uh, the Irishman. I've watched it twice. That's how good it is. Wow. Okay, that's that's recommendation enough if you've watched it twice. Yeah, um, I thought. So other than that, I've talked about Ozark. Uh, the Witcher is a very highly rated. Uh, yes. Better Call Saul, and if you're into your serial killers, the Ted Bundy tapes, really good documentary as well. Oh, okay. They're all still streaming on Netflix right now, so worth giving them a watch. Definitely worth worth checking out The Witcher. My my Netflix says I've watched it all. Oh, have you seen it all? I've not seen it. Is it good? I I watched three episodes um, in the middle. Uh, I I've, I tuned in halfway through watching it with family. <laughs> Yeah, fell asleep and woke up. Woke up for the end. Um, so I, I, Netflix says I've seen it all, um, and, and me falling asleep is in no way a review of, of the show. The bits oh, I saw were excellent. I was good. just a bit tired. Uh, <laughs> this was pre-lockdown when I was a bit lethargic and didn't have any energy. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it though. There, there are some really cool character moments. If you're a fan yeah. of the game, it's meant to be very good. Um, it's probably more game accurate than it is book accurate, I think, from what people have told me. I, yeah, I've, I've not read, read the, the book. books. No, I haven't. Um, but yeah, it's it's a cool little story. I think they're hoping it becomes the next Game of Thrones. So if you watch it, you'll encourage them to make more once we're out of lockdown. So. Yeah, and that is the power of influence, isn't it? Like When you think about things like Game of Thrones, if you actually go back and watch Game of Thrones Series 1, mm. uh, which I have it on DVD, which is weird, but the production of it, it's... It's very much like an ITV drama. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, cause... Like, not in, a, not in a nasty way, but it, it has that very... It's got a lot of British actors in it. Uh, I think it was shot largely in Malta, in little small gardens and, and in, in Northern Ireland. And then yeah. there's... Um, and, and then, you know, you go to the, the Series 8. Is it Series 8, I think, or Series 7? The final series. Um, yeah. And it's like watching bloody Star Wars or Lord of the Rings it's so epic and full of visual effects and there's fire and yeah. the buildings falling down and stuff and you think god they've plowed some money into this but that just shows the influence that the the, the, the followers that built Game of Thrones to what it was uh, oh, to, yeah. to where it became the biggest most popular show in, in TV history it's mad isn't it it's crazy and you know, if you can understand as well, like if we just rocked up to uh, Sky and said we've had an idea, we want yeah. to uh, make a film about this fantasy book that at that time no one was reading, yeah. um, and they're not going to give them the full budget right from no. the outset. But once they see there's an audience there, absolutely the budget increases. So if you enjoy what they've done with Witcher already, the more people that watch it, the likelihood is they'll get better special effects. You know, they they do pretty well. For a TV show already that's you know funded by Netflix, it's, it's actually special effects wise all right. They they have dragons. Yeah. They don't nice. 
They don't look quite as good as the Game of Thrones dragons, but they have dragons. Um, so if you want better dragons, uh, this is this is a campaign I'm starting for better dragons for the Witcher series. Nice. Um, watch watch more of it. Uh, maybe watch several episodes on repeat, and then you'll get better dragons. Yeah, if you want better dragons, yeah. watch. <laughs> it took a long time to get real dragons in Game of Thrones. We had those baby ones, I think, in series two. Um, yeah, it takes. Have you seen Game of Thrones all the way through? I, I watched an episode. Did you? Nice. Um, Sean Bean was in it. Okay, you didn't get very far then, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I was in like I, I was in that mood where you know when they they remade The Man from Uncle. Yeah. Yeah. And. That year, I'd already seen Mission Impossible. I was like, I've had my spy film of this year. Yeah. I don't need any anymore. I'm cool. And I, I've since watched The Man from Uncle, and it was probably the right choice. Um, but <laughs> I think with Game of Thrones, I was like, I've already got Lord of the Rings, yeah, and I, I'm fine with that. And I've been disappointed by The Hobbit. My my sci-fi lust had been satiated by Lord of the Rings. I was a bit yeah. disappointed by The Hobbit, and then I thought, ooh. That sort of thing on a TV budget, no thank you. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah. I've been reliably told that it does get a lot, lot better after Sean Bean's not in it. Um, it and does. People, I, people yeah. get invested in it, and there's lots of lore you can read into. Um, I, I imagine people who are very into Game of Thrones probably have a wall of Game of Thrones things in their bedroom, and they just... They they have you know like you see on detective dramas they have little red lines yeah. drawn between things. I think that's what you need to do to get the most out of it. From what it's a bit say. yeah, it's a bit like Tolkien in that sense where there is a background and if you read the books, there's a lot more to each character and especially in like the later mm. series, you get bits of characters. But what I found when I knew more about them and I watched it with my wife, you have to stop press pause and then fill the other person in on what who that person is how they relate to so and so there's a lot of that you know like in Lord of the Rings where it's easier in a, in a book because Tolkien will stop and tell you their whole history yeah but in a film you just have to know who Faramir is <laughs> just know I... who this person is <laughs> uh, and you have to and then you just have to make up the rest as you go along and, and some people don't relate uh, to other people but you know in the books yeah. they did uh, so yeah, did you know in Lord of the Rings did they ever? I think did they ever hint upon the fact that the hobbits are related to each other? They do, don't they? Do they? Yeah, yeah, they're cousins. Because yeah, Pippin's cousins with Thingy, isn't he? With Frodo. Yeah. Um, because yeah, he shares the lineage with with um, Bilbo's uh, Bilbo's sister, uh, and a fellow is one of Pippin's lot. Yeah, so they're all kind of yeah. like, they're all inbred little hobbits, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You can't really make that assumption. We only meet four of them, isn't it? <laughs> so, All I'm yeah, saying, it's... James, is that village does not look very genetically diverse. <laughs> <laughs> that That's also very true. Uh... Um, <laughs> uh, shall we move on to Disney Plus? I know we haven't got that much time. Uh, Disney Plus yes. um, has just launched in the UK. I think it was out in America last November or even earlier, October. Yeah, they've had a, a lot longer than we have, haven't they? Have you got it? No. Okay. I did get it. Um, are you sold on it? Are you are you happy with your decision to get it? It's a, it's an interesting one because it's I got the trial version first. If you want to check Disney Plus out, it's a 7-day free trial and then you can pay either 60 pounds up front uh, or you can get it I think it's 6 pounds a month 
uh, instead, which is not too bad. Again, either no, way, no. either purchase option for me is pretty. That's pretty reasonable. The content yeah. that's on there is huge. Like there's a there's there is a shit ton of content on there. Um, yeah. That being said. I don't think there's as much original content on there as it needed. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. So maybe they rushed it out before like, they had stuff to... Yeah, there's been criticism of Apple TV+, Plus, which we've talked about, obviously, before. Apple TV+, Plus has got some really good shows on there. Uh, like, For, For All Mankind's really good, and The Servant, and they've got some big names behind them. Uh, C is very uh, well-received by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, as is the morning show. The morning show I've seen a few episodes of. I really like that, but I haven't finished it yet. But it's one of those things where people said there wasn't enough on Apple TV Plus for them to warrant the money. Yeah, I would argue that with Disney, what they've done is the complete opposite. So they've just ploughed on all the DVDs you've already got on your shelf onto a platform that you can just stream them all, which is fine. But does it really is that enough do you know what i mean like i don't there's quite a there's a few shows on there which look quite good i've only checked mm. out like i say i know the mandalorian's on there uh the mandalorian is on its own i would say probably worth paying the six pound a month for it's so good okay that's it's, good that's good to know the mandalorian is better than the entire star wars sequel trilogy <laughs> <laughs> that's a low bar <laughs> uh-huh. no don't say that <laughs> all right, I will, all right. I'll put it out there, and again, I'll get a lot of Star Wars hate mail on this podcast episode. I would probably say the Mandalorian is the best thing to have come out since the original trilogy. I, I, wow, that is that is high praise. That is good. I, if if yeah. if, if that's how you feel, that's excellent. Yeah. Um, it, it's I, not. Um, it's not for not. It's not for. It's not for non-Star Wars fans. It's not for your average Joe. Um, no, I think your average Joe might get a little bit out of it. They might enjoy it for what it is. It's more like a Western. Um, yeah. And it's about this bounty hunter who goes across the galaxy on adventures. So it is very, um, it's, it's got, it's those shots that are like uh, Easy Rider and stuff. You know, like those really long cowboy shots. He mounts like a giant lizard okay. instead of a horse. It's a really cool, visceral, real story about a real character in the yeah. Star Wars universe with hundreds of thousands of references to things that have happened in Star Wars, but not so much that it overwhelms you, but enough to yeah. keep you keep the nerds satisfied. Do you know what I mean? That's cool. I, you, you, what you're saying, Jake, is it was made by people who really love Star Wars, not by yeah. people who want people to think they love Star Wars. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is a problem, again, that we've talked about. This was the Mandalorian was created by Jon Favreau. Um, yes. And for those who don't know Favreau, he gave us um, Iron Man uh, and kind of booted off the MCU. He's a big Star Wars fan himself anyway. Um, yeah. And he's just a brilliant director. Have you seen the film Chef? I think he directed that and starred he in did, it. did, yeah. That's such yeah. a good film. Uh, uh, he, he's a great talent. He really is. And probably yeah. doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. Everyone will probably know J.J. Abrams, for example. Yeah. But not many people will have heard of John Favreau. But I would argue he's probably had more success just in in the shadows, as it were. Not really. Yeah. He's probably made more successful films than JJ has in these fandom areas, like in you know, the MCU, Star mm-hmm. Wars, things like that. Um, I, I I think John Favreau is <laughs> very underrated. Yeah, and obviously, that's, honestly, just The Mandalorian is definitely worth the watch. Um, other things on there that I did find really satisfying, um, they've put all of the Marvel animated TV shows, so uh, things oh, like the original okay. 
the original X-Men cartoon from the 90s is on there. The original Spider-Man oh, cartoon. They're all they Fox, didn't they? So yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So oh, they've got all good. of them, James. There's all of them. You can watch all the Fantastic Four, all of the old Incredible Hulk, all of the old um, X-Men Spider-Man. Uh, there's just dozens of stuff. There's old Iron Man on there. Um, Brilliant. So all those little cartoon, uh, was it uh, Fox Kids and all that that used to put it on back yeah. in the day? Uh, and I remember spending a lot of time as a kid when I liked these shows. I used to buy the VHSs. Um, I used to go to like Asda to the video section <laughs> uh, and try and see if they'd bought out a new episode. And you'd get like a series or one series or a special episode with like Venom in it. Whereas yeah. now on Disney Plus, you can literally watch episode one to to the end um, of all the star of all the Spider Man, which I just think is wicked. That's cool. That's yeah. Yeah. That, that's probably worth it for me. <laughs> I, I I just watch those on repeat. Have Wolverine call people bub all the time. It'd be great. I had, uh, what was interesting as well, I've had a few callbacks from friends and family and people that listen to the podcast about um, our Marvel list. Do you know, obviously we made our episode, uh, I think it was like episode five of our podcast, so like way back in the day. <laughs> back in the day, last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah, over a year ago, we made our uh, um, our list, our definitive list of how to watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this is if you we hadn't did. seen any of them. You could start from scratch, watch them all in order, and that would then get you on to Endgame, um, which has obviously now been and gone, and it's now on, Di- Apple, it's on Disney+. Plus. But, um, yeah, one thing that someone asked me, uh, one of my relatives said, "What was? what's the easiest way? Because if you wanted to watch the, um, the Marvel films but didn't want to have to go through all of them, because yeah. um, obviously, even with lockdown, these people still have other things to do, like eating, uh, sleeping, looking after children, things like that. Um, so I said, well, there's a really good way, actually, that you can watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe and dip in and out with the others whenever you can. And they're yeah. like, oh, OK, what? And are you ready? <laughs> Go for it, Jake. You just watch the ones with Captain America in. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, they, that is... Yeah, so Captain America, if you really look at the, the last, like, how many are there? It's like 23 Marvel films. Mm. He is kind of the through line, which really sends the plot forward. So if you watch the first Avenger, uh, the original Captain America film gives you a little bit of back knowledge as to how the MCU started, because he's kind of the first superhero. Um, yeah. It then drops you straight into Avengers and you can watch the Avengers because you now know what the MacGuffin is, you know where it came from, you know who he is. And a lot of that film is largely told from his perspective anyway. Yeah. Um, his sequel uh, directly sets up Age of Ultron, the second uh, Marvel film after the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and then, yeah, and then I think uh, Civil War, his third film, directly sets up uh, what happens in Infinity War and how the Avengers sort of disband. So they tell the full story without really having to watch this. You can go and watch the others by all means, yeah. but you don't need to see them all to get the overall story of the Avengers. I yeah, thought that was a I, good way of uh, basically a short watching, uh, short view of wanting to watch all four Avengers films, but making them all make sense with each other. Cause like, if you watch them on their own, the four of them don't really follow on to each other very well. No, no. But like you say, if you, if you concentrate on cap, it all mm. makes sense. That's good. Yeah. Good way. Good advice. So there, there's some uh, some homework for people while they're uh, on lockdown. Yeah. Um, so I think what we're going to do, uh, we've talked about this, James and I. We're probably going to do um, we're going to do Man of Steel, aren't we? Next, and yes. once we've done with Superman, we'll put Superman to bed, 
and then we will probably move on to a new franchise which we will probably just announce when it comes out <laughs> yeah we've got some ideas but we don't yeah. want to spoil it i agree i don't want to let everybody know just yet but it's going to be really good and yes. um i've had some listeners that have told us that they'd kind of want us to they've said to us if you can do smaller franchises to break it up a bit it would be good and we and you've talked about this haven't we james that yes doing a sort of 10 episode franchise and then moving on to an eight episode franchise just seems like a lot so i think what we're going to do is try to do a big franchise that's got a lot of episodes and then after that do a couple of smaller smaller franchises that we can just knock through with a few you know within a few weeks I think the, um, the tragedy of it all, Jake, is that these people that have mentioned this don't realise that this is our break from Fast and Furious. <laughs> I know. I was hoping no one would notice, but we will be going back to Fast and Furious once the new one comes out. I said that we will watch the next four to get us ready for the new one. <laughs> I, I, I think we could probably watch the next four and review them all together because I think they're all the same. <laughs> I know. I've been told good things about them, but then again, we were told good things about the second one, weren't we? So, never mind. Yeah, yeah. I think people just want to see us suffer. So, yeah, I'd like people to tell us. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Do The Franchise. Let us know what you think about our list of things. But more importantly, it'd be nice to know what you guys are watching and what you're doing yeah. activity-wise. Um, because all I'm doing, really, is walking the dog and watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, it, I, I'm. I'm not walking a dog. Uh, I'm going on walks. Uh, Done some DIY. DIY is good. That's acceptable, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's my gardens never look better. That I can, you know, imagine. We've all got time now, haven't we, to focus on these things that we've not focused yeah. on? So yeah, that's cool. Um, for context, we mm. are rapidly approaching eight o'clock mm-hmm. in the UK. It's become customary. Uh, eight o'clock to do a a big clap hasn't it yes for the nhs so i think we are is is that tonight that that's happening i think or is it tomorrow night i get confused i think it is because it was thursday last week wasn't it yeah i think it's thursdays at eight we're we're doing a clap and obviously we mentioned it before but we do really want to you know call out and recognize everyone nhs workers um, the bin men, they don't always get the recognition yeah. they deserve. They're still working. The people in the shops that are still supporting people, getting food. Uh, everyone's doing incredible things in a really difficult time. And yeah. The, yeah. obviously the clap is generally aimed at the NHS workers, but I thought it'd be worthwhile recognising everybody. Yeah, I think that's true. I think any key worker at this point, I think the all of us... Um, and the government and everybody that relies on these services i don't think we really appreciated how much we needed them until it comes to mm. something like this uh so absolutely james i'd definitely take my hat off to all these people um and we can't praise the nhs staff enough and we'll definitely dedicate this episode to them and i will be putting something on our twitter um but yeah i think we'll do that we'll get off and we'll get ready for the big clap in about five minutes as me and james are recording this yep. <clears throat> So yes, thank you NHS and thank you for listening to us, everybody around the world. We hope you're all staying safe, staying indoors and staying sane uh, during yes. this particularly difficult uh, and unusual, unprecedented time. But uh, yeah, me and James will try and entertain you and keep the podcast coming. Uh, and we're gonna, I'm gonna release the, I'm gonna get the Man of Steel episode out after this, I think, James, and then we'll concentrate on a new franchise and try and get them out as soon as possible. Really, perfect. Yeah. 
thanks for this James and I'll uh, see you all later see ya alright take care guys bye 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 bye